Welcome to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee for September 11th, 2017. I'm Tim Patterson, Trade Show Guy, author of the book Trade Show Success, 14 Proven Steps to Take Your Trade Show Marketing to the Next Level. I also blog at tradeshowguyblog.com. And I got a company called tradeshowguyexhibits.com. In fact, if you go to the exhibitor uh, marketplace, put a link in the in the notes for this. Uh, we have a, a, a listing there for the next year there. You can find more about our company. Of course, you can go to the website too, tradeshowguyexhibits.com. Uh, get a free copy of my book, which is tradeshowsuccessbook.com. It's a free download, digital download. And uh, yeah, and that'll sign you up for my newsletter, which comes out once a month. So I'm um, yeah, pretty active there. Anyway, um, trade show marketing, admit it, is a wash in data. I mean, there's data, data, data about the number of visitors to a trade show, number of exhibitors, uh, leads generated, cost of exhibiting. You could go on for a long time about the type of data that you can generate. Of course, once you generate or track those metrics, you have to know what to do with all that data or it becomes not as useful as you'd like it to be. It may become useless, but maybe not. Uh, It won't be as useful. So we thought it might be worth having a data analytics expert on to talk about data how to track it, what to do with it, how to make it clean, so on and so forth. Had a conversation with Oz Dussolet, Excel trainer, author, and Excel MVP. His YouTube channel is Excel on Fire, and here's the conversation we recently had. How did you get to Excel? What, what, uh, obviously, that's, that's a great strong skill set of yours, uh, because if you're teaching it, you, 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 you must know a fair amount about it. It started... Wow. There's a couple of different stories there. <laughs> okay. Um, the one I'll tell you is I was working in a call center and people kept calling with the same problems, same types of problems. Their certification didn't get reported to their state. Um, they weren't they didn't get their certificate for having completed some course requirements. And I got tired of these calls coming in. They were the same things. And a lot of times the, the, um, the reason was the same, but I would go around to these different people. Why didn't you report this person to the state? Why didn't you send them their completion certificate? Well, the report didn't tell me to do that. I get these reports every month and I do what the reports say. So then I start digging, digging, because I can see in the system that this person, these persons should have gotten certificates, should have been reported to their state. And then I realize how the reports work and how the data in a database is messy. So all this stuff tied back to crap data. Ah. Somebody had to do four courses. She's got six profiles in the system. Her four courses are spread across those six profiles. Of course, the report doesn't see that person as a completion. Therefore, no, you don't get a certification. So when I learned how to look at that and then use Excel to clean that up, then I got recognized as somebody who was analytical and somebody who would get up off their ass and figure out what's going on. And that's a big thing that I feel is a quality of a good analyst is getting up off their ass to figure out what is going on. 
obviously there's so much data floating around no matter what industry you're in. You know, I'm in the trade show and events industry. There's, there's so much uh, data that you could track and follow. Um, so, so how do you wrap your head around all the data and, and what can you do with it once you've, I mean, you have to get it sorted out and straightened out so that you can understand it. That seems to be one of the biggest challenges. Is that, is that accurate? I feel like that is the challenge because there's so much talk about big data and dashboards and predictive analytics. But if the data is not clean, there is none of that. And a lot of times we just need to get down to a number. You know, how many unique visitors came to my trade booth and how many repeat visitors came? That's not a fancy dashboard. But how do you get your mind around it? That takes having a relationship with the data, understanding it, understanding how it was collected, and then the points where it could break down. Okay. Right. And, and so let me jump in here for a second, because a lot of what people really track is is the number of leads they generate. Obviously, they want to generate as many leads as possible, mm-hmm. and they want to, to grade them or hope to grade them in some fashion, because some may want uh, something next week. Uh, some of the visitors may want something in a month. Some may want something in six months, and, and they mm-hmm. all may want something different. Uh, they may want a phone call. They may want you to send them a PDF. They may want uh, an in-person mm-hmm. visit in six months. And so uh, sorting that all out as opposed okay. to just writing it on a piece of paper is one of the challenges, I think, for a lot of exhibitors is figuring out what to do with all that and then getting them back to the next, the other team, which is maybe a sales team that's going to follow up on that. Yeah. How does that make it uh, to that uh, team in a cohesive manner that looks and makes sense to them and, and so they can follow up in a, in a way that they should? Because frankly, one of the, the interesting statistics that I've known about from like almost day one that I got in this industry 16 years ago is that eight out of 10 leads that are gathered at trade shows are not followed up on. And, I, and that has been consistent. Sometimes it drops, you know, depending on surveys, it drops to the 70s, but 70%. But that's a lot of money left on the table. And boy, if you can clean that up, that's, that's a, a big step. Yeah. And so now people processes tools. Okay. So a tool would be Excel, a notepad, a database, and then a process. How is it collected? What is the process that gets it all swept together in one place and uniform, right? So over in this paper or spreadsheets, maybe you were collecting phone numbers and then in another one, you weren't collecting phone numbers. And then over here, you were collecting the first name and the last name separate. But then over here in these other spreadsheets, they were all in one place and had a middle initial and you were collecting things like reverend and doctor and (laughs) captain, right? So all of that stuff, you got to think about, okay, how am I going to collect this? And if I collect it with the first and last name all together, Will I ever need to split those apart? And do I have a way of splitting them apart? Right. Right. So now, yes, that process has to be thought about. And are you going to collect it all in one place? Do you have a way of if you're in the trade show in this city and then another one in that city, do you have a way of collecting it all in one place? Or do you need a process to where you're going to collect them in separate places and then every Wednesday morning I put them all together? 
Right. There's it, there's no right or wrong. There's but, no right or wrong. Just and, and it seems to me that the the biggest challenge is making sure you know what you're doing before you jump in all the way. And 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 there are a lot of different shows. Uh, people will scan badges, but that only gives you information that was given to that uh, particular organization mm-hmm. when you set up your profile. And so you may get uh, varying information depending on that. So uh, there's a lot of moving parts in the whole. Thing, as, wow. as you as you well know, uh, and there are certain systems out there. I've had conversations with uh, people that that have in in booth like uh, iPads that they are filling out and, and and going through certain products. And there's a lot of data there. So that is is one system, for example. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of information. Uh, and then at the end, how do you react on that? So yeah, and I'll, I'll share this with you. Um, I use Excel uh, to track uh, prospecting calls, and I've I've found that. It's not perfect, but it's the best for what I need to do. It's searchable. I can see what I've done. I start a new sheet every year and follow the whole year. I've tried things online, some, 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 uh, uh, you know, some client management, uh, what do they call CRM or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and they aren't, they really don't do what I want them to do because they're missing holes here and there. So I, I always go back to the, to the, to the Excel spreadsheet and it's not perfect, but it does right what I needed to do and it's workable. And so yep. that seems to be why I stay there. I'd love to have a little better system, but. Right. And, and somebody said to me years ago that Excel is the second best software for everything. And I agree. <laughs> I agree because it can be so flexible and it may not have all kind of database connections and things like, you know, that might be nice, but the interface is messed up or I've got to be some tech whiz in order to get this interface the way I want it on this CRM. But in Excel, I can just stack this stuff up. I can write my formulas and just keep moving. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you uh, this. Um, lost my train of thought. This happens. I can edit this out, right? If I need to. <laughs> <laughs> where where can uh, people find you? Let's talk about what you do because I know that you teach Excel uh, things. I'm not I'm not sure exactly what it is you do as far as what you teach and how you approach that. You've got some online things. You've got some videos. You do a lot of stuff on videos, as I understand it. Yep, yep. I have a YouTube channel, Excel on Fire, where I focus on showing how to do real world things. Rarely do I do standalone tips and tricks because I want people to be able to do something and see the nuance and able and I want them to see the nuance and be able to really do something. Um, but standalone tips and tricks, no, you don't see the gotchas or how right. or something might be useful. Um, and I have a lynda.com course right. on getting transformed. And that's a powerful tool in Excel for cleansing data, you know, splitting those first and last names apart. Right. And that's L L Y N D A dot com, right? No, Linda? It's L Y N D A. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so to me, Excel has done some interesting things over the years because it can visualize the numbers. You can, you can make a visual representation of the numbers with graphs and charts and things. Yep. And, and that to me, since most of us are, are really visual learners, that I think is, is a very powerful, uh, powerful part of what Excel can do. Yep, it is. It is. And when you think about how you lay out your data, think about it in terms of input, storage, output, 
and the output being those graphs, the summaries that you're talking about, that can be a beautiful thing and helpful and dynamic if you have one place that you input it, one place that you store it, because then everything will update automatically when it's laid out that way. And that's in contrast to when we start with the report that we want, right? So if we want a monthly report of some activity and then we build that and then start putting our data in based on that, then we only have one view. Right. But if we want to start looking at, you know, different products, product lines, it's hard to dig that out. But if you set it up right, then you can get whatever you want out of it and have everything dynamic and update with modifications. Right. And so as, uh, back to the example that I gave you about the iPad in the, uh, the trade show booth, uh, if you display 20 or 30 products on this iPad, people can go through and, and, and gauge their interest. And so if you've got hundreds of people coming through over several shows, you can see which products rise to the top as most uh, most challenging, most interesting, ones that people <laughs> complain about the most, ones that people that like the most, whatever those those bits of data that, that they're are gathering, then you can look at that over, over the short term or a longer term and, and see, and that can affect uh, everything from what you're pushing on sales, uh, how your, your research and development goes, it just the, the data points and the information can be very, very useful, obviously. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, I appreciate your time, Oz. Uh, this is great fun talking to you. We could probably talk all day, uh, but I just I'm, I'm, I was hoping to keep this to about fifteen or twenty minutes for the podcast. And uh, again, how, uh, find you on Lynda.com or your uh, your your YouTube channel, which is Excel on Fire. Any any other places that people can land? Those See, two. Um, I do have a website, OzDusole.com. Okay, but most of my activity happens on my YouTube channel. Okay, very good. And you had asked me about sharing <laughs> something good. Yes, share something good. What have you got that's good? Cigars. Cigars. You are a cigar man, I know. Well, and, and the thing is, I think about this, and I had my first cigar in 95. And over the years, I have met the most fascinating people. I met an FBI agent who really? talked about have informants and what it's like to work it with informants in Long Beach, California. <laughs> you know, you got to be careful with them because they lie. They're bad people, but they have information. Right. And this and a guy who makes his living making custom pool cues. Nice. Wow. Um, IT people. Um nonprofit directors, all kind of folks. And that's why I've appreciated going somewhere and having a good cigar because there'll be somebody fascinating. So that's what I'll share as something <laughs> good with, with the audience. I appreciate that, Oz. You know, I will share with you uh, my, my one or two cigar experiences. Uh, in the seventh grade, I got in with a couple of bad kids in the small <laughs> school I was in, and, and they smoked a couple of cigarettes, and I tried it. Someone came, came to school one day, and I had like an hour and a half after school to wait for the bus, right? And they said, we got these Swisher Sweets. <laughs> <laughs> so I smoked a Swisher Sweeter part of it, turned green, tried it again a week later, and I went, okay, that's my cigar experience. And I, I'm not a smoker, uh, but if you're into cigars, I, I, I can certainly appreciate that. So that's my, my cigar experience. A young man, very young man. So No. <laughs> 
Oh man. I don't think I've shared that story in public for, for decades. Mm. So yeah. But no, you know, I worked at a cigar store years ago and people who came in wanting Swisher sweets, they wanted to cut the middle out to put weed in. Oh geez. So no, Swisher sweets are a whole different thing. That's a different side of it. I'm sure you're talking about good high end stuff. You, you've had a Cuban cigar, I presume. Oh the, yeah, the ones yeah, yeah. that they talk about being the best, or the yeah. But the thing is, they've got quality control problems and um, consistency problems because right. Cohiba is like the thing. And out of maybe fifteen Cohibas I smoked, I think maybe two were real. Oh really? Okay. And that came from a classmate of mine at Harvard and his father was high up in the Venezuelan government years ago, back before Hugo Chavez. So his father got Cahiba cigars directly from Fidel Castro's hands. Wow. So I mean, <laughs> and so when I tasted those, I knew what a real Cahiba tasted right. like. And so it you know was delicious. Was. It All was right. delicious. Yeah. All right. Oz has been a pleasure. Uh, we're only uh, an hour or so away from each other here on the West Coast in Oregon, and we'll hook up soon. Thank you very yes. much for your time. All right. Thank you. All right. And thanks to Oz for chatting about data and how it might apply to event and trade show marketing. Let's look at this week's uh, trade show tip. And, of course, as you might expect, it has to do with data and metrics. Uh, I believe it's a good move to keep records of as much information as you can feasibly do depending on the size and scope of your trade show marketing team, how many people you have out there, can you keep track of visitors, uh, what can you track, figure out what you can and then track it as much as you can. Know that uh, how that data is gathered so it's clean and easy to understand, know where it's kept, know what form it's kept in. I also recommend uh, taking a lot of photos. I guarantee you that you'll be glad to that you did at some point. Some point in the future, you'll say, gosh, what did we have on that uh, upper right-hand panel? We need to change that to, what was it, you know? So you'll you, pictures will help. Uh, so keep track of as much as you can. Leads, visitors, sales generated, return on investment, everything you can. And take a lot of uh, pictures. Oz shared his one good thing, cigars. And uh, I'd like to close with my one good thing of the week for the trade show guy Monday morning coffee, and that is uh, football season. Yes, I root for my teams, the Oregon Ducks and the Seattle Seahawks. And if you're a football fan, I know you're rooting for yours as well. So football season is here. Of course, football season also heralds the return of autumn, less than two weeks away from today. So I hope you check in for the last show of summer next week uh, when I'm going to talk with a 3D exhibit designer. So have yourself a great week. <laughs>